what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleagues, professional better Raheem Palmer, who has some takes, some spicy capital S takes, capital T takes today on the series that we're going to be talking about. And by NBA Futures analyst Brandon Anderson, who is, as always, is at once a nihilist and always taking the long shots. Everything we talk about, size, props, totals, all of it, is available in the award-winning Action Network app. You can follow Ra and Brandon in the app. There's links to them in the episode description here, wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast, as it were. You can follow them in the app and get all of their picks in the Action Network app, along with great analysis and where all the money is coming in. Speaking of... We're here to break down Tuesday's games in the NBA playoffs. And we're going to start with the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Miami Heat line on this one. The Heat are three and a half point favorites at home. Total is 209 and a half down from 210. The Heat are taking on the early spread tickets and money. 51% of the tickets, 61% of the money. And the early money line tickets are coming in on Miami as well. Home favorites have been very good in these playoffs. So... Raheem, I'll start with you right now because I know where this is going to go. What's your best bet for Sixers Heat, buddy? I'm going to Philadelphia 76ers plus three. And and look, I know a lot of people are going to point to the fact that the Miami Heat, they shot really poorly in the last two games. But when you look at this team, this team has been a team which has struggled to score in the half court all season long. and you add Joel and B to the mix, and there's not a there's not as many openings in that paint. Now I know, look, they shot poorly from three in both of the last two games, but there's something to the fact that they had a 92 offensive rating in game three. The Sixers can score. Like mm. to me, I, I feel like you're getting a better team with points. So I'm taking the Sixers here. I think Joel and B has proven that. He's he's up there with one of the top guys in the league, the guys that you kind of have to price in and say, look. I don't know if I want to bet against this guy. Mm. And he he opens everything up. You see Harden, he dropped his 31. Now his game is highly volatile depending on the three-point shot, but guys are going to be open. And you look at the first couple of games of this series, the Sixers shot poorly. So I think you get a close game, and I like you give me points with a team that I feel like is, is probably the better team I'm taking. So give me the Sixers. Oh. Mm, yes, yes, the better team, that four-seed that four seed the without home court uh, with a with a worse defensive rating and a comparable overall net <laughs> rating. Mm, I see. Yes, yes. Clearly, Sixers are well and above these putrid, puny Miami Heat. Get them out of here with their disgustingness. Um, I want to just go ahead and, and push back on this just just real quick here because there's just a lot of conversation about this. It's driving me a little bit insane. Um, hey, Raheem. Real quick question, given that Joel Embiid is this hugely impactful player. Have they been better with Embiid on the court or off the court in the last two games? They've been better off. Uh-huh. They've been better. They've won this series with him off the court. That's that's where they've won these last two games. At home, mind you. Uh, the offense, mind you, that you said, like, this Sixers team can score. Yeah, they got a 126 offensive rating when Embiid hasn't been on the floor in the last two games. They got a 112.8, which is fine for given how they shot in the in the last two games with him on the court. Um, defensively. 
right? De- but defense, that's what you're saying is you're like Embiid is the one locking down the paint. Yeah, they're 16 points worse with Embiid on the court in the last two games defensively. They're giving up 85 points per 100 possessions with B-Ball Paul on the floor in this series, Rod. Does that match with what we're saying here, which is like, I think you got to factor in Embiid. Embiid's the one that made the difference. Does that does that check? Do these stats check with you? The stats don't check, but I think the eye test, it, it, it definitely shows me. I mean, for me, honestly, it just, look, I see a different team. Let's go that route. Let's go that route. Let's talk about different teams here. Let's talk about the fact that in games three and four, the Miami Heat shot 10 of 40, 25% on uncontested or lightly contested three-pointers. 10 of 40. And it's like, but they're having to take all those three-pointers because their beat is locking down the paint. This is the Heat, who we've said all year are going to bomb threes. This is their whole identity. They shoot the hell out of the, out of the three ball. It's the entire thing. like. Look, the other series we're going to talk about, I think, is complicated. But here's the thing. They were 9 of 36 in game one. They shot poorly more than they've shot well. Uh, 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 so are we going to bet against that regression? Uh, 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 uh. In games one and two on lightly contested or uncontested, they were 11 of 31. Okay? Not great, but considerably better on terms of a percentage. The Sixers defended worse and got a better percentage out of Miami. That's fair, but the Sixers also shot in, in game one. The Sixers was six of thirty-four from three for like, sure. So for it's sure. just Danny Green definitely hit some shots in Philadelphia, my friend. But let me be clear on this: if you're taking Sixers plus three and a half here and on the money line, that's what you're betting on. It's not Embiid. It ain't Harden. You're betting Danny Green to hit road three pointers. That's what you're betting. That was the difference in the last two games. Hey, look, I'm buying it. Okay. I just wanted to see if I could get you off of it. Okay. Wait, let let, let me chime in here. I'll do my bet in a second, but I want to push back on the defense thing. The Heat on game four shot 66% on two pointers. That's supposed to be the thing Joel Embiid stops them from doing. And they took a ton of them and they were scoring at will. Like if they would have just stopped missing all the threes and kept hitting all the twos, they're getting freely they maybe would have won the game. And I, I think you look at these couple games, it's like, well, Joel Embiid is back. So now they hit all the threes. It, look, the, the three-point percentages, the road teams are almost identical this series. Road team three-point percentage, the Heat are 14 of 65. The Sixers are 14 of 64. It's terrible. They're both 22%. Home team threes is 42%. Danny Green, 10 of 13 at home, 2 of 14 on the road. Tyler Hero. 7-11 at home, 3 of 12 on the road. Like, I just, I don't know how we look at what we just saw these last couple of games. And the obvious thing is Joel Embiid is back. So the Sixers won. But the thing that I actually saw is the Sixers made shots. So the yep. Sixers won. The Heat yep. made shots the first couple of games. So the Heat won. And like, I know we do, it's, not, it's not helpful to just go down to shot variance thing, but that's that's the games that we watched. We saw Danny and Maxie and Toby hit their shots and Harden played his one good game of the series. And so they won a game. I got a stat for you. This is from Steve, from Steph No over at Sporting News. OK, record for teams that have shot above 35 percent from three for the game, 40 and 25 in the playoffs record for teams shooting below 35 percent, 17 and 32. 40 and 25, 35% or better, 17 and 32 below 35%. Like, 
Rob, why do why why do we think that this team is going to shoot well on the road? Why why? It's five. You got feeling. I trust your feelings on these things. I don't know. I just have a feeling. And, and, and to me, it's just look. I I think Doc threw that zone out there. Now I do. Oh, think he's Doc he, now. He's he's Doc now. Oh, now oh, that he is now that we're betting Philly. the Sixers, it's not Glenn. It's Doc. <laughs> no, but I'm just I, I'm just saying. Like I thought we would see Duncan Robinson earlier, and we haven't seen Duncan Robinson. I think we'll probably see him, and maybe he hit some threes, but he's a target, and I, I just think. Like, I truly believe that MV's presence, he's energized the rest of this team because, look, Harden, Harden had free lane to the, to the hoop. Like, he was picking on Tyler Harrell, picking on Oladipo. I saw that happen. And yeah, you, you, this is after you called him Larry Holmes status how many months in a row? <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying it for a while, and I still but don't now think it's not, Now same, that's not a thing? I still don't think he's the same guy he was, but the fact that, he has MB and things open up a little bit more. He doesn't have to be 30 point hard. He All could right. still, he could be 20. Like to me, I think the Sixers have more offensive weapons. I wanted, I I wanted to challenge you. I wanted to challenge you on it, but you've, you've, you've withstood the attack, the barrage <laughs> from me and Brandon. So Brandon, I'll ask you, what's your best bet for this game? So my best bet is very easy. The Sixers can't score. So I'm taking the Sixers team under, which is at 103.5. I don't agree with Raheem that the Sixers are scoring. I do agree that they have more weapons. So I think that they are a threat in the series because Maxi can go off or Toby can score, or maybe Harden has a second good game in the same series. Maybe that actually happens. However, Sixers are under 103 and a half in three of the four games this series. Even one of those home wins that they got. They're 104 points or less in six of the last eight games. now that they've done in the playoffs, like they're just, they're not scoring that well. They're, they basically, what, what I'm seeing from Philadelphia this series is, is the same thing I saw last series, which was, hey, Maxie and Danny and everyone hit all their shots tonight. So they scored 130 and they're going to win the championship now. Oh, they missed their shots tonight. I guess they didn't win the championship now. What happened? Like Joel Embiid, his return these last couple of games to me was about him being not DeAndre Jordan. That's the biggest thing. He just wasn't DeAndre Jordan. And they didn't have the awfulness of what that was. I think, honestly, the bigger injury return the last two games might actually be Kyle Lowry. Lowry came back and, like, I I love Kyle Lowry, but it is not good right now. I don't know what Miami does about that. So that's why I'm not on Miami here. That's This this is kind of back to the Bucks thing that I'm doing, which is I don't know if the Heat are going to score. I have some ideas. Maybe maybe it is Duncan. Maybe it's more Oladipo. Maybe Jimmy does things. I don't know if they're going to score, but I don't think the Sixers are going to score that much. So I'll take the Sixers team under, and I think that's the best way to play it right now. I bet Heat in game three, and I lost. And I bet them big in game four, and I lost. And one of the things I think that I've kind of like, that this actually series has taught me when we're betting the series spreads um, is... Like I've got heat minus one and a half, so I'm okay. I had a little bit on heat minus two and a half. And one of the things that kind of taught me is when we talk about like, because I'm always advocating for the matchup is what matters, not the team quality. And I think where the team quality honestly comes into play is in the different in that win spread. Like if you have the tactical matchup edge, I think you're going to win the series. I think the Heat have the tactical matchup edge. I feel confident that the Heat are going to win the series. But 
even though I think that the idea that the Sixers are better than the one seed Miami Heat is a little ludicrous. The teams are close enough to where I shouldn't be betting Heat minus two and a half, Heat and five with the possibility when I knew that there was a good chance that MB was going to return. Like full yeah. strength Sixers, full strength Heat, this is a long series, and that's kind of what we're going to see. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm going to go ahead and take the Heat again. I'm just going to take them again because everything that this series, like, I'm sorry, like, fade me and I cannot blame you. I'm having a rough stretch. A bit, I was wrong in the last two games. The last two games to me are shot variants, period, and dot. Nothing else. It's Danny Green went thermonuclear from three. Tyrese Maxey, who I think is a really great player, went thermonuclear from three. Congratulations. I do not think it'll hold. I especially do not think it'll hold on the road in Miami. I'll take the heat minus three and a half. Brandon, what are your props for this game? Yeah, I'm with you on that. And I, I lean Miami in the series for the same reason. And additionally, I do not love the idea of Philadelphia coming to Miami for a winner take all game seven. And we got James Harden and, and the gang in a winner take all road game in Miami. I don't love that. So I, I think there's a little value on the heat. Uh, prop for this game, I'll, I'll play the Joel Embiid turnovers over. We've been doing a lot of these over on turnovers, and there's still value there. He's had four turnovers in, I think, both of these games, and he's had gone over that in six of his eight playoff games. Um, the concussion, the mask, like, there are a lot, of, like, the guy is a warrior for, yeah, for no, being no out doubt. there and playing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But there, there are a lot of reasons. There's a good defense out there, and there are a lot of things hampering his abilities right now, and they're playing a lot through him, so I'll just play the turnovers. Yeah, I can feel bad for him being and respect mm-hmm. the hell out of what he's, uh, on what he's putting 100%. himself through. But, yeah. You know. That just doesn't impact who he's going to win. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. In the other game, on Tuesday night. Oh boy, this one. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks are on the road at the Phoenix Suns. Suns are six point favorites. It opened five and a half. It's up to six. 213 and a half is the total. It is unmoved currently. 83% of the tickets are on the Suns. 95% of the money is on the Suns. 92% of the early tickets are on the Suns for the money line. 99% of the early money is on the Suns for the money line. Uh, over is getting more of the tickets at 54%, but the under is taking more money at 97%. So we're seeing some big betters come in on the under. So expect this line to move by the time that you hear this. Uh, Brandon, I'll start with you. Your feelings on this series and what's your best bet side or total from game five? 
Yeah. So my best bets mostly here are going to be props. I will do a best bet in a second, but I want to start with the, the series feelings because mostly this game kind of turns to a bit of a stay away from me. My, my best bet is going to be a parlay eight to one here. And that's because I feel fine mostly with the Suns offense. I, it wasn't great in game four. Chris Paul obviously has been not, not, not good. Like the guy turned 37, turned into a pumpkin, or he just happened to have two very bad halves and things went badly for him. Other than that, most of the Suns are scoring fine. I don't feel great about the Suns defense. And that's not new. That's not a just from these two games. That's the whole playoffs. Like the Pelicans were scoring pretty well on these Phoenix Suns, a team that was number three defensive efficiency uh, in the regular season. And it was a lot of it was EFG. And suddenly they're giving up these wide open corner threes and they're like just leaving shooters open and putting too much on Luca. I don't know what's happening with that. I still think the Suns are the much better team here. I still like them in the series. I think the series is priced about accurately. So I don't think there's a ton of value there. The angle I'm going to do for a best bet is this. We said this before the series started, and this is this is played out. When Luka Doncic scores a lot of points and doesn't get many assists, the Suns win those games. When Luka scores less but gets his teammates involved and gets the assists up, the Mavericks win. So far this series, twice, Phoenix has won. And in both games, Luka has gone over on points, under on assists. Twice, Dallas has won. And in both games, Luka has gone under on points, over on assists. So that combination, that theory that we said coming into the series is four for four. So that's the angle I'm taking here. I like the Suns because they're at home. I still think they're the better team. So I'm going to play the Suns to cover. Luca to go over his point line, which is 33 and a half. Luca to go under eight and a half assists. Those three together is eight to one at DraftKings. This is not a huge play for me. This is like a half unit since we're getting such a good number on it. But those are extremely correlated events that we've seen hit four for four in the series. Uh, if you like the Mavs side, by the way, you can get that at plus 1250. That's Mavs to win and Luca scoring down assists up. But that's kind of the angle that I'm at is just Luca, where his game goes is kind of depicting where the series is going right now. Uh, on May 2nd, which was Monday, game one of the series at 9.05 p.m. Mountain Time, Raheem Palmer sent a message to Brandon Anderson and Matt Moore in Slack. And he said, <laughs> yeah, I misread this series. Mavs drawing dead. That's what he sent us. I definitely said that in the Slack. <laughs> so are the Mavs drawing dead? No. Um, it, I mean, look, I think that was just a reaction to how poor they performed defensively in that first game. It just was, it was unlike anything I've, I've seen. And this was, this is a team who's performed well defensively this entire year. Now I still don't understand how they're doing it, but they've been a better defensive team than what they showed in that first game. Where I mean, they gave up 121 points on 1.28 points per possession. So I actually I took the Mavericks in Game One, I, and then I came back in Game Two. I actually took the Suns, but in Games Three and Four, I took the Mavericks. And a big part of the reasons why I took the Mavericks is just because it's clear that the Suns were overperforming all offense. They were shooting well over expectation. 
like I think until game three, that shot over 50% in every playoff game. That was like the first NBA team to do that. So when you saw them start to shoot normal percentages, the Mavs actually had a shot. Now, I do think the, the Suns played poorly. Obviously, in that first game, Chris Paul had a bunch of turnovers, uncharacteristic. And in game four, he had all those fouls. But I think the big thing that we're seeing in this series is that, and I said this in the Pelican series, the Suns don't have an extra gear. They're a perimeter-oriented team that doesn't shoot a lot of threes. And they're facing a Mavericks team, which is, they're just jacking a ton of threes. So you look at game four, the Suns, uh, what did they make? They made eight threes. And then, no, they made nine threes. They got outscored from the three-point line by 33 points. You can't overcome that. Like, and that's happening more and more. And I just think over the course of this series, I expect the Mavericks to win this series, honestly. If they could just kind of just hold this Suns team to a normal percentage, I think they're live dogs just because they shoot the three so well. If it were me, I would just be out there and say, look, we're not going to come off of shooters. We're going to let Luka, if he scores 50, he scores 50. But I just, I just think they have that extra gear in terms of just being able to hit the three. And this team is what the hard and error Rockets want it to be. Like the hard and error Rockets, I mean, if you look before Chris Paul, their best shooters were Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. Ryan Anderson, like he ended up leaving the, the starting lineup at some point. But before that, they had guys like Corey Brewer, Josh Smith, Patrick Beverly. They had guys who really couldn't shoot the three that well. I mean, Maxi Klebers is hitting everything. Reggie Bullock, Jalen Brunson. They have guys who can actually shoot the three. So I think the, I think the Mavericks are alive. I'm not going to play them in this game just because home teams have done so well. They're 40 and 23 straight up. But for the series, I like the Mavericks. So I'm glad you, you brought up that Houston team, which you've mentioned oftentimes here, because I decided to pull some little statsy stats for yeah. you. Uh, the Mavs this season had a 112 and a half offensive rating in the regular season. The Houston 2017 team had a 114.1 offensive rating in the playoffs that year. The Rockets losing to the Spurs in seven uh, and six rather had a offensive rating of 110. The Mavs through these playoffs, despite facing, you know, the Utah Jazz, who were highly exploitable and then shooting the lights out. They have a higher one. They have 115. So they've been better. But like this kind of says like a little bit of recency bias, doesn't it, man? Like no, but no, no, no. Go, go back, go back before the 2017 team, before they had Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. Look at the guys they had shooting. Go back before that team, the 2015, 2016 team. Those two 2015, teams. 16 Rockets team. Go, 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 go to 2014. Go to 2015. Go to 2016. Every every year before that, Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon free agent stop. They just had anybody shooting through. They had Josh Gordon. The, the, the difference with that team, though, I'm looking at it right now, that team led the league in three-pointers and three-point attempts. They're only 15th in three-point percentage. Like, the, 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 the thing never was, we're better shooters than you. The, the thing was, we solved the math problem. We're just going to take way more threes than you. Yeah, so that's, it's, that's what you're saying. That, that, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, to me, this Mavericks team, has, they're creating that math problem, but they actually can shoot. Like, they're actually but, knocking down these shots. Okay, so I, I agree with the math problem, but I think your interpretation is wrong. Number one, I think the Suns are creating the math problem, not the Mavs. The Mavs aren't shooting an outrageous number of threes. The Suns not shooting threes, I think, is the thing that you actually are fearing. If Secondly, you, is this. If you, if you look at cleaning the glass for game four, they were in a 92nd percentile of all games this year in three-point frequency. Okay, well, the they, yeah, in, they, that same, in, this, the, in that same game, like, I mean, you, you're, you're hinting at this point. In that same game, the the Suns were in eleven frequency. Eleven. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. It's 
the Suns are the, the the Suns are causing the disparity. The other thing is, so game four, non Luca Mavericks shot nineteen of thirty four on three point percentage, like nineteen of thirty four is an outrageous number from the season. Maxi Kleber, the shooter you keep referencing, shot thirty two point five percent on threes this season. Second half of the season, he could not hit the broad side of a barn. Uh, Jalen Brunson, thirty seven percent. Reggie Bullock, thirty six percent. Davis Bertans, 36%. That's basically, these are around league average. These are not sniper dead-eye shooters. They just look like it the last couple of games. But like the, the evidence we have from the season is not backing this up. I would also say this. In 2015-16, the, the Houston Rockets were 19th in the regular season three-point percentage. Do you know what the 2022 Mavericks ranked in three-point percentage this season, Raheem? They were pretty low. Um, I, I mean, they were honestly... In- if you look at the, the, the second half splits, after yeah. they traded Przingis, the three-point percentage went up. Okay, okay. So it's like this This was a different team after, because it's like they spread the so floor a little bit after, more, obviously. That's true. So, ab, so ab, after, after they, yeah. they jumped all the way to, as is post-All-Star, they jumped all the way to 15th. That's fair. But, as, as, I mean, you look at, now, look at hey, the playoffs. But hey, look, you look in the playoffs, you look in the playoffs, and the Mavericks um, are shooting... 38.4%, the fourth best in the NBA in the playoffs from three that's, points. That's, like, so, it's so, wild I mean, that 38% is only fourth best. Like, we got some absurd shooting going on. In you want to know who the right best now. You want who the best three-point shooting team in the playoffs was? I, I don't think the, I want it's to the know. Warriors. No. It's the Brooklyn Nets. No way. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, 21-22, 42.2% from three. But you know what? That makes sense because they got swept. Second is, the Warrior, second is the Warriors. Uh, the third is the Minnesota Timberwolves at 38.8%. I mean, it, makes it, it makes sense that you got two teams with the smallest sample size. I mean, I get it, but it also is like, yeah. maybe this is not a sustainable thing that we should be looking at. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, here's my thing. I don't think that the, it was just, like, I think the Heat was just shot variants, right? Yeah. I just think when I watched that game, the Suns just played like trash. They're helping one shooter away. They're just losing guys in transition. They're not targeting Davis Bertans. Like it was a sloppy, unprepared, just haphazard game from the Phoenix Suns. Which is what, what does it say about a, a, a team to be this unprepared and under these circumstances? I mean, this is a team that made the NBA Finals last year. Chris Paul is a veteran. I mean, like. This is his last chance. What does it yeah. say about that team? That's the. I think that's my point, Raha, is you're looking at it and you're going like, see, they're in trouble. And I look at it and I go, I have no reason to think this is who they are. Like, I have no reason to think that this is their identity. I have no, I'm going to throw out everything I know about Chris Paul, which is that mm-hmm. he doesn't get in foul trouble and doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. I'm going to throw out everything I know about the Suns and their defensive profile. I'm going to throw out all like the math problem, I think is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, but boy, I, it's, I mean, that's the, why I, I can't bet game five. Right. I, like I can't bet, but I just think, but if, if you can't bet game five because of the home favorites thing, why on earth are you going to feel, because if you can't bet them in game five, because I think, I think the Mavericks will win game six. And I think, but in a game seven, with the best player and Luka Doncic is the, and the best extra threes in the extra threes. They That's are fair. live to win a game seven. That's okay. fair. I get that. 
Yeah. I think, I think I'm at, I think I'm somewhere in between both of you. Like I, I think that where I land is I st- I'm not that I'm underwhelmed by the Mavericks still as I have been. I'm not so worried for Phoenix this series, but it's the defense thing does worry me. Like yeah. not for this series, but long-term I we're, we're on two series in a row now where the Suns had me shaken in the middle and then I recalibrated and was like, okay, but it still is the Suns. They still are who they are. They're going to beat this team. They're better in these ways. But the the fact that they are being pushed like this by the Pelicans and then the Mavericks to me means that like I, I won't be picking the Suns to win any more series after this. I want to um, go back to the Luka thing real quick because I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. The Luka leads all players in the playoffs and scoring at 31 points. Um, his numbers have actually been insane. But here's what I thought was really interesting. Um, in games three and four, he was down to 26 points per game, averaging 10 rebounds and 10 assists, just one assist more and a few rebounds more. So like it wasn't this huge. It wasn't like his early games one and two. He had great. He had he had great scoring and no assists. He had good numbers overall in one and two. And then in games three and four, because guys hit shots and the Suns missed a bunch his rebounds and assists went up. Mm. Um, what's actually even more interesting is in games three and four, Lucas shot 40% from the field and 18% from three and 69% from the, from the line. So again, I kind of get to this thing of, so wait, Lucas games weren't that great in three and four and they won. What does that mean? And then like, I just wound up being like, the Mavericks hit all the threes and the Suns played like trash. So um, I don't know if I can go with you on the, on the scoring thing, Brandon, because I kind of worry that the Suns are, uh, I don't, this is one of those, do you anticipate the adjustment thing? I don't want to bet the over on Luca points right now, because I don't know if the Suns are just going to go back to how they were covering him in games one and two, which is what they should do. But I don't know if they will. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, it totally makes, makes sense. sense. And, it's this is not a super strong angle. This is just like okay, here, this is my best play I can come up with on the game. Is that like as just a side or money line? I don't think there's enough. I mean, I basically I'm, I'm where Raheem is that I don't think there's enough of an angle on either side for there to be value. So I think the value is if like I mean, look, Lucas scored 26 last game, but he also shot one of 10 on three pointers, which is a severe outlier. And if he hits a couple more of those then, you know, the scoring looks a lot more like what we're expecting. So you're right. I don't think there are the, the I, I maybe oversold the swings that are happening, that it's not like he just suddenly stopped shooting and started passing a lot more. I was just checking potential assists. He averaged 60 and a half potential assists uh, the last two games and only 50 in the first two games, which is a little less, but not that much difference. So you're right. I don't, I don't think it's a huge swing factor. Uh, the guy, let me ask you guys this, because this kind of plays into the, the props that I do want to play here. Of guys who are actually playing real minutes, who's been the worst player in the series for you on either side? I think it's campaign. Yeah, I think yeah. it's campaign too. And I think it's campaign by a lot. So in the last two games, which happened to be the games where Chris Paul can't stay on the court, aka campaign gets to stay on the court. To me, that I think could could be driving in underlying way, a lot of the problems that are happening because bad CP means more campaign and campaign does not look playable in this That's series. Good. That's good. Now, I want to be careful because Matt, you always caution 
We can't get ahead of how will the coaches adjust. How I would adjust is this campaign, see you next series, maybe. Yeah. When it's mm-hmm. your turn to play, we're going to do Booker and Wings. We've done that. We've seen that work. We've seen it in the season. We've seen the playoffs. That's what I would do. I don't know if they'll do that, but here are the prop angles accordingly. Booker mm-hmm. over five and a half assists. He's done that in three or four games a series anyway. He leads the team in 12.3 potential assists per game. So even if they don't do the thing I'm saying with campaign, he's already hitting that. That's plus juice right now. If they do do it, it gives him even a couple more chances. The other one is Jay Crowder. Crowder, I'm going over on points and assists. We've seen a lot of times they're trying to get the ball out of CP and Booker's hands. I think Mikhail Bridges has really disappointed me in the series. Just just hasn't made a mark. Yeah. But Jay Crowder has. Jay Crowder is taking those shots, and he's going to keep on shooting, and he's getting some assists, too. He's averaging 15 points and three assists this series. His points plus assist line is 13.5. I mean, he can just hit a few shots and go over that even without the assists, and he's getting some of those kind of, you know, secondary three-on-two, four-on-three type assists. Both of those, if I'm right about campaign minimizing, that only helps both of those two. Even if I'm not right, they both have... Uh, Crowder's over that four for four. So those are the two angles I like best here. All right. Uh, let's wrap up. Raw likes the Sixers plus three and a half. You can get that right now. Brandon likes the Sixers under 103 and a half. Uh, he also likes Embiid over three and a half turnovers. I like Heat minus three and a half. Uh, Raw's not betting the other game, but he is does think there's value on the Mavericks. He already has Mavericks to win the series at plus 240. He thinks there's value on them to win this series. Uh, Brandon likes Suns minus six and a half and a uh, parlay of Suns minus six and a half, Luca over 33 and a half points and under eight and a half assists at a parlay of plus 800. You only like that parlay and not just Suns minus six and a half, right, Brandon? Yeah, I, I only see value if you do it all together. Okay. Uh, he likes Crowder over 13 and a half points and assists and uh, Booker over five and a half assists. I'm with him on the Booker over five and a half assists all right let's get wrap it up for buckets we'll be back tomorrow with coverage of bucks versus celtics and grizzlies warriors heading into game five of those series until then make sure to check out the action network podcast and uh, as well as the action network app we'll see you guys again tomorrow thanks for joining us let's get buckets